<coughs> no video, most things at the moment. Hmm. So as long as the audio works, that's not the end of the world. Exactly. Yeah. Good thing it's a podcast. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't quite know what's going on with that. Hmm. Ah, oh, hey, hey, there you are. Oh, looks like we're in a tunnel. Yeah, it's because. Um, yeah, well, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Noise. Hey, dear mate. Yeah, not bad, not bad. You? Yeah, ticking along. Busy at work at the moment, so. Yeah. This is quite a welcome distraction, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's it's sort of the season's sort of picking up now, so like there's more. Yeah, we're we're setting up a uh, the European stuff. Oh. So we're going to be in Europe, um, wow. and it's, so just getting that all you know sorted out, ready for the beginning of the season, and trying to get it all done in the right time, and you know, yeah, just it's always the way, and it's like it just happens. It's yeah, it just yeah gets busy, and it's it's sort of distribution harder now with all obviously the EU. Yeah, oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, absolutely not. Oh, it's an absolute nightmare. It's yeah. it is yeah, we we're at the moment we sell from the UK. Yeah. And it is a nightmare. It's unbelievable. I tell you, they tell you there's been no effect and it's absolute <laughs> because mm. it's been a nightmare. So in the level of paperwork, the the, the hoops, the loops, <laughs> yeah. everything. So yeah. the level of paperwork firstly. Yeah. And even when you've got the paperwork, getting it through customs is oh. a, just, just a nightmare. So it's you know, where it should take like two or three days to get to yeah. say Germany. It's taking yeah. two or three weeks. At, you know, oh, that's nice. Know, just, oh. So what will happen is shortly is that um, all the stuff that is sold in Europe will be dispatched from Europe. Oh. So you've so got to should... you've got to move that yourself as well. So you've got to what set up like no, a distribution we, or no? We're working with another company, a company that oh, okay. So they're, they're they're running our European operation a bit effectively. Yeah. Jeez. So um hopefully all Fingers those crossed. problems will, will disappear, you know. Oh my god. That sounds like but, a nightmare. Oh, it is, it's a nightmare. I say honestly, the amount of mucking about you have to do. Yeah. I mean how any crazy. business is gonna do that, that's I mean, at least for you guys, you're an established you know, company business, so you've got like, you know, the, the groundwork to sort of build from, but yeah. a brand new business, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna oh, be it is. horrid. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, I suppose, yeah, this is a distraction then, isn't it? Really? This yeah. is a <laughs> time to take things away. Uh, let's yeah. be a bit trivial uh, and, and talk about <laughs> these episodes. Oh, my God. That sounds horrid. I mean, I, I was complaining about having to go back into work yesterday and it was cold. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. How was work? Oh, it was good, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's sort of slowly coming back now uh, because yeah. because we're still in this two team system where right. um, half the team come in for four days and then the other half team get another four days. But because I can only work weekends, if that doesn't overlap, I don't necessarily get both days and I can't work two days a week. Um, but this one, I need I was needed for cover, so I managed to get a shift out of it. And because it's been sort of another week since my last shift. Everything's just still like coming. I still haven't feel like I haven't come back from the Christmas break yeah. yet, and it, it's not there yet. I'm not quite back on the bicycle just yet. Yeah. Um, it, it, bits and pieces sort of flood back. You know, you're in the mid conversation with someone. It's like, oh, I can tell you about this, this, and this. Brilliant. Okay, that's that's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, just it takes a while to get back into it. But yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll come out in the wash. 
as long as I don't get any bad TripAdvisor reviews, I'm good. <laughs> um, but that's 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 the worst I have to worry about. Not uh, nothing to do with distribution in Europe or anything like that. That's <laughs> that that's a that's way above my pay grade. That, that's something that's something I couldn't even fathom. So uh, well done to you for that because <laughs> I couldn't do that. I really couldn't do that. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we've got two really short episodes um, yes. to to really look at. Um, like I say, singularity. I'm going to change up our format, and rather than being really pedantic and going scene by scene, it will just be uh, going the opposite way and being really loose with the script with the structure. So as our crew are becoming uh, obsessed with uh, you know triviality and and really getting into the nitty gritty details, um, I'm going to be really loose and just forget about it and say, eh, here's some timestamps, forget about it, um, as if the black hole is affecting us. Uh, and yes. then now uh, I've done something with Vanishing Point. Uh, yep. I've I've got the timestamps for the scenes that are in reality, as it were, and I have purposely not watched the dream sequence. Okay. So uh, I'm going to be like, sort of trying to do it from memory. Right. And as you've watched it, you're kind of like, yes. well, no, that wasn't in the report, that kind of stuff. So um, okay. I'll be asking you questions and you can kind of inform me because I, my device doesn't show me dreams. Unfortunately, there's no reality. Okay. There's no time, timey wimeyness. I kind of sort of remember. And where I was flicking through scenes, I could kind of see, yeah. oh, I remember that, that and that. Yeah. And so, But I've, uh, I've purposely not watched it from beginning to end. So okay. um, so it's just it's just for you to illuminate on what exactly happened because you're in the <laughs> you're in the real reality whereas I'm not so uh, you know there, there we go. Um, but other than that, yeah, so that should lead to two shorter episodes than normal, um, which I'm which I may if we're far ahead in advance um, releases two episodes in the same week, so one on Monday, one on Friday, just to sort of speed things up yep. and just get us through season two really quickly. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> we, we weren't looking yes. forward to it in our uh, future perspective or whatever I was calling it. Um, no, I'm becoming more and more jaded by season two, I have to say. As I'm I know. It. it started off so well and then it's just yeah. nosedived and it's just terrible episode after terrible episode. Yeah, in my um, memory, it was pretty good, but it's not been good so far. It really hasn't picked up yet. No. Hopefully, maybe, yeah, maybe this is, you know, something that having watched it when we go back to season one we'll think oh man remember those good days when season one was on uh who knows there we go right and we've we've got um precious cargo to look forward to next haven't we i think oh <laughs> every time it skips forward and i was finishing vanishing point yeah. straight into the early bit and of course of course he's on a harmonica of course he plays a harmonica <laughs> oh my god um right okay let's let's oh Oh, thinking about what's coming forward. Right. Right. Space-time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. (sighs) 
Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek podcast. We're in Chronodate Season 3, Episode 35 of the podcast and Season 2, Episode 9 of Enterprise. We are in Singularity. Uh, I am Dan, one of your hosts, and... And I am Dan, the other host, and between us we are Dan Dan. Dan Dan! Dan. Love it, absolutely. Got to get that uh, that little jingle in at any time we can. Um, right, well, uh, how are you, Dan? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, yeah, very well. Quite busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm looking forward to today to just sort of like just take a bit of time out, talk about Trek, which is much better than what I've been doing, which is talking about websites and mm. and European distribution and, and lots of annoying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that, so, that sounds like very interesting and very uh, complex and um, you know, important stuff to be involved in. Whereas we're going to be talking about an episode that is completely inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is interesting. If I'm honest, as much as it, you know, for for a number of reasons, this is quite a rushed job, which is making that's what's making it stressful. Really, mm. if it was, you know, if we had a bit more time, and you know, it would be fine. But we're just having to sort of push through as quickly as possible, and that just means that it just becomes a bit more of a you know, a bit more of a drag, really. Yeah. So this is this is well looked forward to. <laughs> I can't relate to this. This is just sounds like too much stress. I'm, I'm, yeah. The worst I have to do is is clean up my you know four year old son after he's uh, <laughs> done on the potty. That that's pretty much the stressful part of my day. <laughs> that would stress me out though. To be fair, <laughs> I suppose yeah. Swings and roundabouts. It's your matter of perspective, I guess. um right we're we're doing singularity this um uh, this week and any thoughts on singularity was that one that you sort of remembered coming into this This, it's really funny because yes i did sort of remember and i sort of remembered liking it Hmm. but i have to say i I do sort of like it i think it's a really really good idea the idea is great but i just find it a little bit annoying I think I don't know if it's just the read alerts that that get into your head because they're awful, or whether it's just, I don't know something about it that I find a bit annoying. <laughs> but yeah, I did remember really liking it, but not so much this time. Yeah, and uh, you know, coming back to it, I wasn't annoyed by the pace. I thought it all made yeah. sense. You know, you know, the ABC was fine, um, but yeah, ultimately it doesn't really do anything i mean it does establish a read alert and what will become what we know it to be in the future uh but it's there's not much here i mean uh when we were doing our future perspective for nexus nights uh, i likened it to sort of their naked time it was the mm. the crew aren't necessarily in their same frame of mind or their normal frame of mind um and i can see a lot of similarities and i was wondering if that was what they were going for that they wanted a naked time that wasn't quite weird enough you know that they didn't want to go too camp with it but they wanted to create some believable reason that the crew are going to go a bit nuts this week uh and you know i think it's the closest i could probably make between yeah another kind of episode trope that they've got that we're going for because it Mm. it feels different to a lot of other episodes that we've had so far Yes, I agree. It does feel very different. As I say, I like the premise. The premise is mm. really good. Yeah, it really is good. It's you know, I like the idea. I think um, it does sort of draw from that that trope of sort of you know mind altered crew, mm-hmm. but it does feel quite fresh, really. 
Mm. It's a different, yeah, it's a different way of telling that story. And I think it, you know, the story itself, I think works quite well, but there's just something, I don't know, there's something about it. <laughs> Perhaps we could put, be out, put our fingers on it when we go, go through, you know. It's surprising really that they didn't go the sexy trick route with this. Like given how naked time is pretty much carte blanche for going uh, utterly bonkers for uh, sexual innuendo over the top scenes. You know, we will eventually see Tashiara and data with this yes. trope of storytelling that the show that is almost famous for doing sexy Trek didn't try to do it. It's really, yeah. really strange. Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a narrative jumble this week. There's no timey-wimeyness as such, although we're going close to a black hole, which obviously mm. rips uh, standard notions of uh, physics apart. Um, but there are some time stamps to this. Uh, we actually start at 2 minutes 33 seconds. We're going to end at 22.47 seconds. Uh, then we come back at 23.04 seconds and then 31.31 seconds, so 31 minutes, 31 seconds. Then we're going to jump back to zero minutes, zero seconds at the beginning of the episode as T'Pol starts her log up to two minutes, 32 seconds, and then back into the episode at 31 minutes, 32 seconds, all the way to the end of the episode. So when you're sort of stitching all of her log entries together, it kind of pushes it somewhere towards the end of the episode. But ultimately, it doesn't really change what the episode was doing. It's still the same. You just, if you were watching it in Temple Trek order, in complete yeah. chronological order, um, that's how you would break it down. Um, now, Talking of breaking down, normally on this episode, I am very pedantic and uh, uh, normally consumed by triviality myself and break it down scene <laughs> by scene, and we talk about it. But this time, uh, I think this proximity to the black hole through the device or something like that, I really can't be bothered this week. So um, I'm just going to say uh, Archer and the the preface. Let's talk about Archer and the preface this episode. Um, what did you think of what Archer was going through? Um, <clears throat> yeah, again, I mean... Yeah, it's interesting. I quite like it. It's um, the pro I suppose the problem is that they're all doing the same thing. They're obsessed with something different, mm -hmm. but they're all obsessed. Mm -hmm. And so the the story sort of folds in on itself almost. It becomes a re repetitive story because everyone's doing, you know, the, the behaving in the same way, but over a different thing. Mm. So Archer could be obsessed. It could have been obsessed with tiny shoelaces he could have been you know i mean it doesn't really matter that's the maybe that's where the problem is mm. uh, you know and so everyone is you know so what you're ending up with is quite a repetitive story mm. in some ways based on different obsessions do you think um, that do you think that you know if it had been something a little bit more mundane than the preface, because that's, it's a pretty big responsibility to yeah. be asked to do the preface for the book of your father's life. Um, so, I mean, you know, in his brain, it would be justified as something quite important. Do you yeah. think it should have been something a bit more trivial than that? Maybe the squeak came back into his. Yeah. I mean, it could have been, couldn't it? I mean, maybe that would have been, maybe it could have injected a little bit of humor in that somewhere, you know, somewhere like I'm trying to think on the sort of on the top of my head, what would be, quite amusing to be obsessed with you know <laughs> maybe like i mean maybe sort of like you know um feeding um porphos mm. you know, so porphos ends up you know sort of getting bigger and bigger through the episode you know as he's eating more and more and you know 
and he starts feeding him cheese and stuff, you know, and he starts to <laughs> fart and stuff like that. And maybe that would have been, you know. <laughs> just see this tail wagging out of like a, yeah. a, a whole pile of food. Yeah. yeah, that'd be brilliant. I would love that. That would that'd be pretty cool. No, I mean, not that, again, not that the actual thing that he gets obsessed with is bad. Um, right. It just feels like it's, it is an important thing to get, uh, worried about um and I, maybe that makes it more believable that topol doesn't notice earlier you know that there is something about it that is stressing him out and she's sort of noticing yeah. and throughout the episode she does sort of say you know um it's getting more unusual for humans so she's she's noticed yeah, yeah, there is a yeah. difference as she's going around um uh for trip we've got the chair so his obsession is the chair uh again do you, do you sort of believe this do you see where he's coming from i quite like this one actually I think um you know the stuff about adding like adding cup holders and, and all that sort of stuff there's a bit of bit of humor there and the, is it inertial dampers or micro dampers or something he puts in and <laughs> yeah so I think um there's a little bit of sort of humor or a bit of sort of fun in that I think mm. so I quite like this one and like when he's when he's drilling and stuff on the bridge <laughs> again we'll we talk about reading in a minute but you know, that's maybe one of the things that bothers me with the episode. That's, I mean, that's really annoying. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's quite a few moments in it where there's really, I mean, I suppose it's meant to be, but it is really annoying. It's quite grating to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you can imagine Topol just thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm going to have to go down the gym again this evening to get rid of some <laughs> anger. <laughs> then you'll see like three punching bags that are completely yeah. decimated with her yeah. Vulcan strength that she's just completely wasted because he's <laughs> drilling again. He's doing yeah. it again. Um, yeah. But again, it kind of fed into all the stuff we've seen through season one, that kind of workplace harassment where he doesn't yeah. really care what she's getting up to. So he's yeah. drilling, he's drilling and he keeps on going. Uh, and that kind of sort of cock head way, she just looks at him like, Oh my God, yeah. best engineer <laughs> in the fleet. My foot again, it comes back. Um, but yeah, I mean the the whole scene where he's scanning Archer and he's really more interested in that. And then yes. you get the kind of crossover with Archer's yeah. preface, and they talk about it's a bit long winded. It's seventeen pages long, and you write in the book. Uh, any thoughts about that? Because it kind of played yeah. nicely into their friendship in some respects. Yeah, I think that works actually. That that works when when the when the two obsessions or the the obsessions sort of overlap. Mm. That works quite well because you know you can see that neither are interested in the other one at all. I mean, I'm mm. amazed that the archer even turned around for him, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, true. I, you know, it, so um, that works really well. When when they come together and sort of clash mm. through the episode, I think Trip and, and Reed do as well. And, and sort of, and, and Archer and, and, um, and um, Hoshi do as well at one point. And that works really well. When mm. they're just alone in their obsession, then it's a bit sort of, Samey, mm. mm. yeah, because the the beats that they hit seem to be at, almost at the same time. So you know, every scene you see them, they're at a heightened level that everyone seems to be at. Which yeah. I suppose, given that it's about proximity to the black hole, the closer you get, everyone would reach the same sort of point. If you're so hungry, fix yourself a sandwich. Uh, so the next one really is Hoshi, and thinking of being isolated, uh, other than one scene where. Uh, Reed makes an offhand comment about saltiness in the soup. Um, that's it. She just stays in the kitchen. And, yep. and of course, we don't see Chef. No, we don't. We don't no. no. He's unwell, isn't he? Poor old oh, Chef. Terrible. But um, did you happen to see him in sickbay? Because I couldn't see him. 
Like the whole time we spent in sick bay, couldn't see him at all. Maybe he's the one holding the camera for the episode, so we actually see <laughs> what's going on. Uh, maybe he's like holding the scalpels over to 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 flocks, so he can actually perform the surgery later on. But Hoshi's sort of uh, obsessiveness. Do you think that that was in any way different to perhaps the the obsessiveness we've seen from her before? Yes, I mean it was definitely heightened. It was definitely unnatural. Mm. Um. But I think, yeah, I think maybe you're right. Maybe Hoshi would be quite a sort of, she'd be very neat and very sort of measured mm. you know, in, in the way she cooked and stuff. I think I would imagine she'd be a, a recipe person, mm. you know, rather than a sort of chuck it all in and see what happens sort of person, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's sort of more to her. Because, I mean, Trip. I don't think Trip's a very obsessive person. He's quite very loose true. and relaxed. Reed definitely is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Reed definitely is. That you know. I, I'm utterly convinced that Reed wasn't actually affected by the radiation whatsoever. <laughs> that was just him on yeah, a normal day. A lot different, was it? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Reed that we don't normally see in the log entries. It's just that he was playing around and just yeah, completely, uh, completely normal. He's just this British stressed out way. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So we're going to leave Reed for the end because I think he's got okay. the most to do this episode. Uh, Travis and Flocks. Yes. Now, obviously, Travis is already part of somebody else's obsession. So even Travis doesn't really get an obsession of his own. <laughs> no. So I think no, this is... It's the line of bed this, yeah. this week, doesn't he? This is another yeah. give something tra uh, for Travis to do because I kind of feel like he should have had a bit more to do before <laughs> heading off for his headache. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on the flock scene? Because I think this is generally the the scariest bit of the obsession is, for me. At yes, least. I agree with you. I think it's um, potentially very worrying, isn't it? It's very sort of, you know, it was like a, a you know a minute away from chopping his brain out. You know, mm -hmm. so yes, um, yes, you wouldn't want to be stuck with an obsessed doctor, would you? <laughs> I'm just going to take out a few millimeters of your brain cells. It's like yeah. nah, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it was somewhere between Steve Martin's dentist from <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. And when my mama said, <laughs> what did she say? She said, my boy, I think someday you'll find a way to make your natural tendencies pay. You'll be a dentist. You have a talent for causing things. And Sweeney Todd. Did Sweeney Todd? So like I was almost expecting him to break out into song, you know, or be singing in sort of Denobulan whilst he's doing <laughs> blah, 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 whilst he's sort of drilling into the into his head. Um, it's like, this isn't big enough. I need a bigger drill. <laughs> um, but at least what he does kind of helps solve the problem. Yes. Yes. In a bizarre way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But do we give that to Travis? Because obviously, you know, without his headache, Flox wouldn't have yes. become obsessed and would he have been doing other stuff what 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 do you think Flox's obsession would have been had Travis not shown up do you think it might be like going around the mess hall and just stealing people's food <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> everyone's cooking and obviously he's trying to get into the kitchen but Hoshi won't let him because her yeah. soup's not ready yet and that would have been a great overlap there um, and then he's trying to sort of uh, maybe scan her and sort of say, oh, you're not fit to be cooking and I just want to get to the soup and I just need to eat the soup. Um, yeah, that's it. He just goes around the mess hall and just is nicking everybody's food. 
because he has to try it. He has to be obsessively trying everything. Yeah, perfect. If Travis had been given something to do, yes. what, what do you think his would have been? Ooh, now. It would have been disappointing, <laughs> to be honest. It would have been quite short. Very true. Um, what would his obsession be? We're not going to see it, obviously. No. Um, but it would it would just be two seconds of what what were you obsessed with, Travis, at the very end of the episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, credits. Working out, I think. Oh you know, to be fair to the actor, he's got a fair he's got, you know, he's pretty ripped, isn't he? That man so is maybe, buff. Oh yeah. yeah. So I think uh, maybe yeah, he'd been in the gym for like seventy four hours on a <laughs> on a bike. And we would have seen two seconds of it. He yeah, and then he that would be the gym scene where uh, Tapoa's has come in and she's yeah. just sort of bashed out the uh, the the boxing area. Um, yeah, perfect, right? Okay, so Travis would have had that to do as well. Um, before we move on to Reed, Tapoa is the opposite of everybody, and she is calm. She is that character in loads of different Star Trek episodes who is not affected for some reason. Yes. Um, why do you think she wasn't affected at all? Well, because well. Within Trek, it has to be Vulcan physiology, doesn't it? Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. Which is Good so Vulcan vastly different to us, of yes. course. <laughs> um, do you think uh, if she'd had an, an obsession, what would hers have been? Oh, I don't know. Um, what would what would T'Pol be obsessed with? Hmm. Do you know what? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because T'Pol is quite an intense character anyway mm. so i would imagine she's quite sort of not obsessive that's maybe the wrong word but she's very sort of focused mm. so maybe she just would have focused on something ridiculous <laughs> let's let's make it amusing to to, <laughs> to um sort of go against the, the vulcan sort of logic mm-hmm. so she would have become obsessed with maybe she would have become obsessed with um 1930s horror films <laughs> she has to do her research she's trying to yes. study humans perfect oh that's a really good one yeah i i honestly couldn't think of anything because like you say she's already an obsessive character in some respects because she can have that hyper focus yeah so yeah i suppose the study of study of humans study of uh of everything really on the ship just trying to learn what the humans are doing maybe following all the rest of the crew around and just obsessively yes. observing their yes. human interactions would be the only other thing i could think of of course then that leads to the question of like how would they have got out of this situation had she not miraculously not been affected by this radiation um which uh, yeah unless of course the read alert you know switches everything on and the, the, the ship almost flies itself out of trouble. And it's only by the luck that he was working on this project that it, it does it for them. Um, that's the only thought I had is like, how would they get out of it had she not been on the crew? I've also been working on a new alert signal. Tell me what you think. Or this one. Speaking of read alert, Reed, I think, Reed is, alert. is yes. probably the biggest thing to come out of this episode is probably Reed, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's you know, uh, yet again, another thing, as we saw last year, as we saw last season, Reed is basically inventing Starfleet. He's basically inventing everything we know about Starfleet. Um, the Reed alert, the obsessiveness of Reed yes. alert. Um, any thoughts 
on where this came from. Report! The crew's response was unacceptable. 38% of them failed to report to their stations. Critical systems haven't been secured. I haven't even heard from engineering. Shut up that damn noise! Shut it off! I don't recall authorizing a tactical drill. Well, there wouldn't be much of a drill if everybody knew about it, sir. I've been quite hard on Reed lately. <laughs> but I it, kind of like this. Is it a Reed retread? I don't think it it almost is because that, that noise is enough <laughs> for a retread, to be honest with you. It's uh, you know, I know it was meant to be like that. I know it was, you know, that was the whole point. But God, it was annoying. You know. <laughs> it does the job um, though. It does the job. It does the job. Yeah. Um the read alert, yeah. Um I think it's I think this is one of the cleverer bits of the episode, actually. I like this. I like you know, the idea of the read alert, because what's really nice about the read alert is we all know instinctively that this becomes red alert. <laughs> so it's really nice that I like that a lot. Yeah. And as you say, you know, it's an explanation for where this come from. Mm. And it's, it's, I like that. Um, I hate the noise. <laughs> um, and, Reed being even more read like <laughs> is quite great. That stuff when when people arrive on the bridge when the when Archer arrives, he's like use two minutes thirteen seconds, and that is just <laughs> as you said. I don't know that he was actually being affected. No, it's just just that's just Reed, you know. <laughs> one minute and fifteen seconds. What? It took you one minute and fifteen seconds to reach your post. I'd expect more of our commanding officer, given that the crew just might follow his example. One minute and 49 seconds. So there's a read trend in that, really, I think, just because, like, read turned up is even more <laughs> awful than read normally. <laughs> You're a very brave man, Malcolm. Never much cared for the name Malcolm. I was rather growing fond of the name Stinky. You've had too much to drink. How about 30 years in the brig? Or maybe a good flogging? <sighs> See, you were looking at my hands. You should have been looking at my eyes. Awfully nice. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I liked it. I think it was... A, a good aspect of the episode it was um it was well done i think it was it what it, it fitted reed's character really well mm, mm. as you say you know like the idea that maybe he wasn't affected is believable almost you know if you sort of stretch stretch sort of uh reality a little bit then you know actually it's just reads <laughs> on a bad day you know that's it um so yeah it, it's good mm. yeah it's good yeah, that the whole body language of him sat with his arms crossed, looking yeah. at the screen, waiting two minutes thirty four seconds. Um, <laughs> I, I've I have realised that from this episode, I am probably Reed, just because I do get quite obsessive about uh, how how long things take. So uh, I, I apologise now if your retread extends to to, uh, to me. Um, but yeah, I mean the idea that uh, he was already working on this in his mind, and he gives the the example of the time the Sulaban. Uh, were uh, were attacking and they managed to sort of uh, finish that off. 
uh, and then uh, there was the Maserites as well. He mentions the Maserites. So he's he's literally building on things that have happened before. Yeah. So you could quite see that he'd already been working on this before the radiation affected him. Um, and that he's been building this up and building it up. He's just been waiting his moment to sort of reveal it to, to Archer. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, there's so many trivialities in the episode. And they, they do kind of overlap and then sometimes they're on yeah. their own as well. Uh, but the the episode sort of then picks back up into normality at the end, like I say, from 31 minutes, uh, 32 seconds all the way to the end. And we get the final escape and we see that the read alert has sort of come into effect automatically. Um, uh, there is the bit where T'Pol puts Archer in the shower to try and wake him up. And I was wondering, yeah. is this the one bit of sexy trick they were trying to push through or do you feel like it was it was believable that you know he was trying she was trying to get him out of being hung over or um as if he was high yeah well this this bit's really interesting i was going to bring this up actually it's very bizarre to me because if all she needed to do was chuck him in a shower <laughs> it's not that bad of a sort of issue is it no. you know it's sort of you know <laughs> It seems to me that's a bit of a sort of, I don't know, plot hole is the right word, but it doesn't make sense that everyone's crashed out and it's awful. And all you've got to do is stick them in a shower for five minutes and they'll be out to pilot a, pilot a spaceship, you know. <laughs> so that's that, how that, good re, re, uh, Archer is, you know, that's, yeah. that's it. <laughs> so that, that for me, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there was, yeah, I don't think it was a sexy Trek bit, fortunately. Mm. <laughs> um she could, you know, unless she'd sort of taken all his clothes off and <laughs> pushed him into the shower that way, that you know, that would have been maybe a bit more problematic. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think they could have got away with that. There was moments where she was sort of pressed up against the glass, and it was like, well, why is she doing that? Like, it's such a weird angle for yeah. her to be stood there. Like, she would just chuck him in the shower, bring him back out again with her strength. She could easily do that. Yeah, jobs are good, and you know why is she pressed up against the glass? It's very strange. Yeah, it's very um, <laughs> but once she sort of woke him from the hangover, they're on the bridge. There's a very quick turnaround on on what's going to happen yes. and and where they're going to go. And speaking of quick turnarounds and being pedantic, uh, it's under ten seconds for them to get out of the field, and so naturally I started the stopwatch. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> to Paul. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Even if I give you nine seconds, where she said under 10 seconds, it still took him 15.43 seconds to get out of that field. One minute and 15 seconds. What? But uh, there, there's there's my triviality for the episode. Um, but that gets them out of the, the episode. And that's pretty much it. Uh, they're out. The read alert kicked in. And now Archer is kind of happy for him to actually implement it, but maybe work on what it sounds like and what it's called. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on the episode? Because it, it really does sort of happen quite quickly. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's bizarre because I was thinking, how are we going to do this so quickly? But actually, I think it, you know, we've covered it really. Mm. Uh, as I say, I mean, thoughts on the episode, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's it's all right. It's mm. all right. It's not one that I'd watch loads of times, I don't think. But it's all right. It's not, it's not a... Um, you know, it's not a sort of uh, trying to think. It's not a, well. We're, we're coming on to this in a couple of weeks' time, but it's not a precious cargo. Put it that way. <laughs> Why do you this have to keep bringing for, that up? Foreshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing our our future. You know, for, I'm not looking forward to watching Precious Cargo again. I have to say, whereas I was quite looking forward to watching this one, which is mm. you know, as, as good a sort of 
um, recommendation as I can make, really. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good sort of basic episode of Trek. Yeah. Um, right. So that's it. We've located the episode. Uh, we're going to go to consequences. Your analogy is very colorful, Captain, but I question whether it addresses the consequences. 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 The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer. But learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. This does have one big consequence. Yep. And does if, indeed. Yeah. Um, anything else, though, you think might come from it? This is a consequence which doesn't happen, but what sh- that should happen. And, and it happens a lot in TNG. They come up at the beginning of the episode, they come up to an anomaly. I can never say it. Anomaly. <laughs> And what the, the what should be happening from this history is that we should be going away again. Yeah. <laughs> this is what should happen in Star Trek. <laughs> There's an anomaly, sir. Right, let's get the f- away from here. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the protocol that will be drawn up. Yeah. It's like before you get to read alert, let's just yeah. get the f- out of here protocol. <laughs> That that's it. That's the the Malcolm's extra protocol is maybe just don't yeah. even get to this point. That'd be great. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm gonna go for that. Um, the best I could come up with was that they should learn to shield the ship a little bit better. Maybe just against all radiation types. Yeah. Maybe again, if it's an anomaly, send a probe first before yep. you go in a bit further, um, which might be something we see later on. Um, but yeah, of course, read alert is the big one. You know, th- what will eventually become battle stations as writ large for all of Starfleet, um, which is a pretty big thing to say to, from this episode, which is good, but again, isn't one of those standout episodes. That's a pretty big bit of history just it coming is. out of this one thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, alterations, expansions, anything you'd want to see differently. We have some, sort of covered yeah. what would be their obsessions. But do you yeah. think that they could have done a bit more with this episode to just give it a bit more zhuzh? Yeah, I guess so. But again, it's you know, it's not a bad episode. As much as you can criticize it, and you know, it's not a bad episode. And and you know, they they, they could always make choices. You know, there's always choices to be made when you're hmm. creating an episode. And I don't think they did it too badly. I think it worked pretty well. I mean, flocks the flock stuff was good. You know, the read alert stuff was good. That I like the way that linked into the future of Star Trek. Hmm. Um, you know, so I think overall, no, I think I'm going to leave this one alone this week. Hmm. Only because I think it was all right, really. You know, yeah. and, and we've been nitpicking quite a bit recently. And I'm going to, I'm going to be quite, I'm going to, rather than being obsessive, I'm going to be quite chilled this week. That's a good idea. I was going to go for the same thing because, like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, there's nothing much more than what is basically to Paul's log entry yeah. that, that's all it is um there's, there's not much to go here other than she's reported on them going a bit this week um yeah and because yes we've got future episodes that i know are so much worse than this it kind of gets a pass i guess yeah. for being better than that yeah. um which again is not a great thing to say but <laughs> there we go um so uh, from alterations, expansions, recommendations is our last real rating criteria. Do we recommend this one to Star Trek fans, first of all? Yeah, I think so, because of the read alert, because of that nice little link. But other than that, not really. It's all right. Mm. I mean, I think 
you know, what we're discovering is it's probably a pretty decent season two episode. Mm. You know, so yes, um, I think I do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it works better for Star Trek fans in that we've yeah. already established characterization before, and this is just them either hyped up or changed in some way so you can kind of appreciate it. One of the problems I've always got with Naked Time and Naked Now is they happen so early in yes. their so seasons and show runs that you don't really know who the characters are and you can't quite see where the difference is. Um, why is this exceptional behaviour? Uh, whereas this, we've had a season and a half, we've got to this point. Yeah, I can understand where all of those characters are coming from and it's almost believable that it yes. could be just normal behaviour and they're having a bad day uh, yep. that, that Paul is sort of shirking it off as. Uh, to non-Star Trek fans? No, because I think, because of some of the stuff you just said, actually, is that, you know, you need to know the characters a bit to make to make it make sense. Mm. Um, so, no, and uh, and I think just that the 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 um, the drilling and the read alert are so <laughs> annoying that it would put, I think it would put you off. If, if this is what, what Star Trek is, you know, this horrible noises, <laughs> I think it would probably put you off. So, no, for me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm exactly the same. You kind of need to know the characters. Uh, admittedly, if you'd seen a couple of episodes and yep. you wanted to see a fun episode that was something different and a bit yep. Star Trek-y because yep. they've got an anomaly and there's radiation and all this kind of stuff, and it didn't veer into that sexy trek, that awkwardness yep. of watching the episode. So, yeah, I think it's pretty good from there. Yep. That's it. We're all done. Yeah. So all that remains is the setup for the next week's episode. We've got Chronodate Season 3, Episode 36 of the podcast, Season 2, Episode 10 of Enterprise, Vanishing Point. Will Hoshi still be there? Um, uh, as ever, thank you to Dan and uh, just uh, plugging away for podcasts. Uh, how can people find you? Um, yes, uh, Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. Um, I may well even have um, some more episodes at some point Ooh, um oh tell you what, actually this is like a bit bizarre and a bit sort of out of it but i want to plug another podcast um because um i was followed by um a, a, a twitter account called at hang on let me just double check but spinal frontier mm. um and it is a great podcast so i just want to give them a little shout out because they're quite new i think and they've not got many people yet. So let me just make sure I'm not telling you something completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, so it's at Spinal Frontier. Mm -hmm. And it's a podcast about the biology of of um, Star Trek races and stuff. So, you oh. know, so um, forehead ridges and why the people would have forehead ridges and different kinds of eyes and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's really, really interesting. I think they've got about eight or nine episodes. Nice. And I listen to them all, and it's really good. And it's the, the what the woman that does it. She is um, a PhD biology um, candidate, and working with I think she says it's um, I think it's um, octopus is as a, as a sort of speciality octopi, mm -hmm. um, and it, yeah. And so she's got lots of knowledge about sort of how biology works and stuff, and applies it to Star Trek, and it's it's really good. Oh, fantastic! Oh, I'm going to have yeah, to check so, that one out. Yeah, nice. I, absolutely. I think it's um, it's one to check out, and I'm hoping to get him on the academic trek to talk to her about, you know, how how Star Trek. I don't suppose it really influences their work on on <laughs> octopuses, but um, um, but you know, just that. So yeah, so I'm hoping to get her on. 
nice i mean that's that's one kind of alien we've never really seen is like an octopus based yeah. alien so ooh, that could be very interesting oh I, I look forward to this one but other than that yeah <laughs> we're all good excellent right well uh join us as ever uh in the next time stream and we'll see you later bye-bye i hope you've enjoyed the show please remember to like subscribe and review wherever you listen to it if you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show are a work of pure fan fiction and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.